Welcome, meeting makers. I'm your host, Lauren Green, meeting coach and facilitation trainer, here to help you unsuck your meetings one episode at a time. I've helped hundreds of professionals and organizations through leading inclusive, engaging, and productive meetings. And now I'm offering this podcast to help you do the same. Think of this podcast as an ongoing workshop, where each time you tune in, you'll get a bite-sized nugget of knowledge you can apply right away. If you lead meetings or might someday, you're in the right place. Let's make your meetings work. Hey there, meeting makers. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word conflict? Maybe a handful of you said, bring it on, but many people are a bit conflict avoidant. If you find yourself in front of a meeting with a lot of potential for conflict, you may be ready to run out the door. Fear of conflict, or rather what to do during conflict, is one of the biggest concerns for new meeting makers. This episode aims to bring you simple tips for how to manage conflict in a group so it can be constructive. We'll also cover more tips for managing time and ensuring an inclusive meeting. So let's dive in. One of my favorite facilitation books is called Don't Just Do Something, Stand There by Marvin Wiseboard and Sandra Janoff. And if you're not sure how to spell that, don't worry, we will link that in the description. It's an incredible book for both new and seasoned meeting makers because it focuses a lot on the role and mindset of the facilitator. In other words, how to facilitate yourself so that you can facilitate others. One of the things that Wiseboard and Janoff emphasize is control what you can, let go of what you can't. I'll say it again. Control what you can, let go of what you can't. This entire season has taught you basic ways to approach the things that you have control over in the meeting. Things like group structure, outcomes, time, and flow. But something you can't control is people. I remember one time when I was facilitating a group of 40 people and something very strange happened right before we were about to start a strategic planning process. The leader of the group decided that he just wasn't about what we were going to be doing and he was experiencing his own internal conflict and he ended up leaving the meeting. And when it came to setting up the next session, The group didn't exactly want to do the activity. They were concerned, and rightly so, as to what happened to their leader and where was he and why wasn't he kicking off the meeting like he was supposed to and what are they going to do? And the group was wrapped around the axle on this to the point where we really couldn't move forward with what we had planned. So what did we do? We ended up putting aside the agenda and we moved to an open space model. This took a little finagling. It was clear that the group wanted to have their own discussion, but they weren't set up or the room wasn't really set up for them to have the discussion that they wanted to have. And so we moved from table pods into a big open circle. We ended up using a beach ball that people passed from one person to the next so that only one person was speaking at a time. Now, these were two things that we had control over how the room was laid out and also the agreement of the beach ball as what they call a talking stick. Whomever is holding the stick is the one who can speak at that time. 
And this really helped. We were able to pivot the agenda and with everybody able to see, hear each other and not talk over each other, we had a different type of meeting and it was the one that they wanted to have. And so I bring this up because we couldn't control what people wanted to do and we had to let go of the outcomes and we had to use a different meeting agreement, use a different room setup in order for people to have an effective meeting that they wanted to have. So that's a pretty big example of conflict. I definitely feel like I earned a notch in my facilitation belt when that one happened. Most of the time, you're not going to experience anything quite like that. But the thing to remember is that it's not about you. When they rebelled against the process, I had a choice. I had a choice of whether I could take it personally, and I absolutely did for a few seconds. (laughs) And then I realized that my needs in that moment were not important. It's the needs of the group. One of my first mentors, Barry Edwards, what's up, Coach B, taught me that you as the facilitator add value just by being in the room. And I want you to remember that when conflict hits, you have to slow down. When they get hot, you stay cool and you breathe. You don't have to know what to do, and oftentimes the best thing to do is to stay out of it for a second. Let the conversation go. Let go of what you can't control. And you might realize that what you initially thought was conflict was actually just clarification, and it resolved itself. And if not, by stepping back for a moment, observing, taking a breath, Your mindset and headspace is going to be freed up so that you can pivot and offer a new process or a new suggestion for a process when the group needs one. So I get asked a lot of times, what are some strategies that you can use to help navigate conflict with the group? And we've talked about a few already. One of them is just allowing the conflict to unravel and listen. You can also ask for a timeout. You can even say, let's time out for a moment. If the conflict seems important or relevant, ask the group or the leader of the group if they would like to continue this conversation in place of something else in the agenda. In other words, you can put it back on the group. And if they say yes, consider taking a break because you might need a moment to resort your plan or regroup with your co-facilitator. And these pivots are never fun, but you can do it if needed. And remember your old friend Open Space from Episode 6. If you need to scrap your agenda and collaboratively guide a new one, open space is your friend. You might even opt to move the group into a quick set of breakouts. I often find that in breakouts, people end up talking about similar things, and when they brief out, the group learns that they were more aligned than they thought. If they don't want to use breakouts, it's time to dig out your question library. One of my favorites is, what's most important here? Throw this question in periodically and look for common ground. Perhaps the group can align around a common challenge and use that for constructive brainstorming. An example that I love is bring it back to the user, bring it back to the stakeholder, bring it back to who they are serving. The quickest way to find common ground is to get in touch with what everybody knows is important. The bottom line, the mission, the end user, the customer, And if you can align on that, you can create a collaborative solution to help meet those needs. Remember to use the yes and principle and encourage participants to do the same. 
If you're not familiar with Yes And, it's one of my favorite meeting principles. I introduce it usually at the beginning of the meeting or periodically as needed. And the Yes And principle goes a little something like this. Instead of using no or but, which are our favorite words to say, try using yes and. Even if you disagree with what is said, when you use yes and, it encourages a generative solution. Find your own words, but that's kind of the gist. No but breaks down creativity, and yes and allows innovative solutions to build on all ideas. There's one other conflict technique I haven't mentioned, and it's using visuals. This is one of my favorite things because, as many of you know, I am a visual facilitator. And what that means is that I use visuals in everything that I do when I facilitate. So make sure, like I said, that you always pack your markers and pack your flip charts because when you start to take notes visually on a flip chart, even a Google Doc, if you're in a virtual meeting, it does something to the room and it's kind of magical. When they see their ideas show up on the wall in a visual way, now we can direct that conflict in the room at the wall instead of at each other. And we can build on ideas in a more creative way. I actually collaborate with a facilitator who uses a PowerPoint document to collaboratively wordsmith vision, mission statements, anything that the group needs to come up with. And it's kind of amazing just the simple use of directing the energy towards that visual tool, in this case, the PowerPoint. The group isn't finger pointing. There's no negative energy. It's all just about getting the words right. So visual tools have been proven to help reduce conflict and quicken decision making. In short, breathe, listen, ask, break, and regroup. You know, the best agenda I've ever planned for any meeting is the one I refine after that meeting is over. And that's the truth. The agenda you planned is never as good as you think it is. So let go of the need for perfection and just accept that it's not perfect. You will get better over time, and there are so many ways to get to the key outcomes. Again, if you liked this, definitely check out the Wiseboard and Janoff book. There are so many juicy nuggets in there for managing yourself and the group during conflict. Confidence comes with experience. A meeting coach will help you grow that confidence. We'll work with you to find and grow your facilitator superpower while giving you just-in-time tools that align to your unique meeting needs. We offer three and six-month customized meeting coach programs, as well as one-off coaching sessions when you need them. In each session, we'll discuss your agenda, walk through new modalities, and give you time to practice teeing up activities. Our coaches have said that working with us helps them feel more confident to lead meetings that meet goals. If you love this podcast and want a one-on-one customized coach approach, visit makemeetings.work forward slash contact to partner with us and make your meetings work. We've talked a lot in previous episodes about managing time, and I've emphasized that your agenda will likely fluctuate by five to 10 minutes in any direction. So always plan for a late start and generous break so that you have some flex time. Remember, you also need to take a break. Facilitating is physically and mentally draining. 
Time is a big constraint in meetings, and you need to establish a healthy relationship with it. You already know not to get twitchy about being a few minutes off, and you can always make that up by shortening your closing activity or keeping briefouts at a high level. So if you let time become too big of a concern, you risk losing focus in the meeting. If you forget about it altogether, you risk losing the outcomes you plan for. So aside from simply setting a timer, here are some tips for managing time in the moment. Number one, stop talking. You're the facilitator, you don't need to give advice, and chances are it wasn't as good of advice as you thought. Set up the process, ask if there are any questions, and get out of the way. Next, try using the drinking horn principle. This comes from Mary Alice Arthur. A link to her website is in the description. She is one of my favorite facilitators and art of hosting thought leaders, and I am definitely a fangirl of Mary Alice. And the drinking horn principle, as she introduced it to a group I was in one time, goes a little something like this. Back in the Viking age, Vikings would share a drink and a horn upon returning from a voyage. As they passed it around, they ensured enough was left in the horn for the last person to have a sip. Use this meeting agreement to help participants leave enough time for everyone to speak. Model succinct speaking. So what I mean by this is whenever you are doing any kind of go around or round robin, model it first. So for example, introductions are the perfect time where people tend to get long-winded and give their entire bio or CV instead of just a quick introduction. So I usually give really clear instructions and model it first. For example, I'd like for you to introduce yourselves and give your name, your role, and an outcome that you have for the meeting. Hi, my name is Lauren. I'm a facilitator, and I'm looking forward to having a productive meeting about our strategy. Clean and simple. If you go first, chances are people will get really clear and succinct in what they're going to say. Focus briefouts on just a few key takeaways. So whenever you come back from a breakout group, we don't need to know everything that was discussed, and it's usually not effective or an engaging use of time. I usually say maybe just give one key takeaway or your top three key takeaways or what was the most important thing that was discussed. Sometimes instead of briefing out the discussion, I might simply ask, how did that go and what was the process like? Instead of a traditional brief out, you could always use a gallery walk or a world cafe, which is a method that was invented by Juanita Brown and David Isaacs. In a gallery walk, you allow participants to take a walk around and review the flip charts or notes created by each breakout group. If you're online, you could have a virtual gallery walk in a Google Doc. The difference with the world cafe, and I'm simplifying a method that's got a lot more steps to it, but essentially, you have one person stay behind at that chart in order to brief out what their group discussed to the visitors. Here's another one I really love. If somebody is being really long-winded, instead of telling them to stop talking or giving them a timeout symbol, I gradually walk closer to the speaker and something really interesting happens. If you gradually walk closer to that person, they become more aware of themselves and usually they will wrap it up. If you're online, I love using private chat to let people know when they're over time because it is less embarrassing than giving them the hook and you can just nicely send them a note behind the scenes. 
Another principle I love is called bottom lining. And I learned this in the coaching school I went to, the Coactive Training Institute. And in bottom lining, what you do is you introduce it as a principle and say, I would like for you to share your thoughts. And I'm going to ask you to bottom line yourself when you share them so we can keep it brief. Something like that, you can find your own words, but bottom lining is a really nice meaning principle. If you have other time saver techniques, we'd love to learn them. Share them in our Meeting Makers Facebook group linked in the description. The last and probably the most important thing I want to cover is inclusivity. Now, everything we've covered in this season encourages inclusive meetings. Introductions, setting up meeting agreements, asking open-ended questions, using breakout groups, managing time. Particularly when you're stuck in the plenary, there is a big risk for uninclusive meetings. And when someone didn't feel included, they're probably walking out the door thinking about how much that meeting sucked. First, what is inclusion? I'm not a diversity, equity, and inclusion expert and have much learning still to do in this space. But what I do know is that when it comes to meetings, inclusion is ensuring everyone feels heard, especially those voices which might be quieted during the day-to-day shuffle. Many of you listening may have remembered the Challenger explosion from NASA in the late 80s. And what's really interesting, and if you want a little project, the NASA Challenger report and all of the investigations that were done is publicly available online, and you can Google it and check out the report. But one of the things that they found was that culture was actually one of the things at the core of the rocket exploding. In one of the final meetings leading up to the Challenger explosion, engineers voiced concerns that it was too cold to launch, and their voices were very much quieted during that meeting, and they weren't listened to because of the power dynamics in the room. And of course, there's a lot more to that. You can do a lot of in-depth study on the Challenger. But the Challenger example footstomps why inclusive meetings and hearing diverse voices It's so important, and in some of the situations we're in, maybe even life-threatening. I really hope that you're not facilitating anything with stakes that high. But this example footstomps the importance of drawing out the quieter voices who might be hesitant to speak up when those with higher authority or power are in the room. In a future season, we'll get even more in-depth with these techniques, but for now, Here are a few basics from Sam Kaner's Facilitator's Guide to Participatory Decision-Making. We'll also link that mouthful in the description. The first is a go-around, also known as a round-robin, so call on people in a specific order so that everyone has a turn. Another favorite technique is called stacking. Keep track of those whose hand has been raised and call on people in that order. And finally, draw people out. If you haven't heard from someone in a while, invite them to speak by saying, so-and-so, is there anything you'd like to add? Try to do this in a way that makes it okay that if they don't have something to add, they can pass. No one likes being put on the spot. As a meeting maker, you need to train your brain to look for those who aren't speaking rather than the loudest voices in the room, and I still have trouble with this. I don't need to wane philosophical on unconscious bias, but it is really important to notice if you have a tendency to recognize or call on certain races or genders in the room. We all have to do our part to recognize bias and preference, 
so that we can be the most neutral and inclusive meeting maker that we can. Now go make your meetings work. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to rate and review so future meeting makers can find our community. Download a visual summary of this episode in the show notes and be sure to join the conversation in our Meeting Makers Facebook group. Want help with your next meeting? Reach out at makemeetings.work and we'll set up time to chat. Thank you.